On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we bring you the latest news from OU training camp. And in the National College Football Roundup, we break down the preseason AP Top 25. And of course, we finish up with our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, August 18th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. To learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of August, just visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this Wednesday night, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment while you're at it. Ted? You know the season is near when the OU radio crew gets together for the annual kickoff dinner, and that is tonight, baby. Uh, it's good stuff. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. We're doing it big time this year, huh? That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, Nice steakhouse, the ranch there in Norman. Uh, I, I've got no complaints. I'm, I'm, my plan is... To make it painful on the paycheck. I mean, that's, that's, I'm going in guns blazing tonight. I will approach it with the same mentality and to, <laughs> and knowing that you and I are on the same page is important. That's, that's, <laughs> that is key. So that's, you know, we, the, the radio crew, we get together, pass out all the gear for the season. We get shoes like this whole thing. It's always a lot of fun, but it's also, it is that event where I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah, like football's being played soon and all of a sudden you look up and it's like a little over two weeks and it's going to be game day for the Oklahoma Sooners yep it's wild it's here it's always fun to get the new gear but man Uh uh-oh have you seen the new coaches polos no am I going to be disappointed maybe I'm pretty sure do you remember you remember last year's was kind of like uh, color blocks it was like gray on top and uh red on the bottom or crimson whatever you want to call it all they did is flip it now it's the red block on top and gray on the bottom huh and the material's like 
thick. It's a little bit different. I don't know. We'll and let me just be clear. What I saw, what I, I this may not be the the same thing that we get. But if it is, I don't know how I feel about it. Okay. So look, right. It looks like Jordan is getting really lazy. I I will save judgment until I put it on my body, and then I will judge it accordingly. All right, let's get to the OU stuff. And, man, this first one, TD Roof out for the season, uh, bicep injury. Ted, that was one of your guys. You, yeah. You're all right, man? You okay? Yeah. It was frustrating. When I went to practice last Thursday, it was their first day of full pads, I uh I I walked up and I was standing there and TD kind of like walked over. He was he was in the sling and he walked over and I was like, "No, what happened?" He's like, "Yeah." So, now it was it it's tough. They 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 need his leadership. They need his reliability, his his eth- work ethic, you know, the way that he does drills the technique that he uses he was going to be a big influence on that group they'll be okay i'm not saying that they're not going to be okay but he definitely would have uh would have been a big contributor in my opinion just maybe not in snaps necessarily but maybe more in influence over that position group right and and i don't mean this disrespectfully to td roof at all but I almost view it as an opportunity for him to get jump started with his coaching career. Everything I've heard about this young man, (laughs) it sounds like it's going to be a football coach like his dad. Yeah. Detailed, obsessed with the process. You're just a film juggle. Like he sounds like a coach and maybe it, you you wanted him to be a guy that could contribute to this football team, but I'm just trying to look for some silver lining in this for, for him. And maybe that's it. Maybe this allows him to say, okay, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to rehab my arm of course, but let me, let me kind of assume a student assistant type role and, and really get a jump start on what, and I'm just assuming he wants to be a coach. I've never talked to the guy about it, but, it seems like a natural progression with everything I've heard about him. Well, while he's around, I mean, that's definitely going to be, he's going to fill that, that role throughout this season. You know, just that day, whenever I was there uh, talking to him, almost every snap Snutsman is running off the field, asking him something, you know, almost the entire time asking him about, Hey, what gap, uh, where do I line up? If I get this look, you know, just, just constantly uh, going to him for for um, clues and different things out there. So that's going to have to be the role that he fills, uh, just trying to be there, be on the sideline. I don't know what his game day stuff will be like, but for now, meeting room, sideline stuff while he's doing his rehab. And, yeah, super frustrating, but I still – I think that that group is, is going to be okay. So who does who does that affect the most? in that inside backer room, because I, I think Deshaun White, David Aguebu, Danny Stutzman were guys that were going to play significant roles on the field at that inside backer position. Does this all of a sudden make a guy like Shane Witter see 
more of a path to playing time or one of the freshmen, right, with Canick or McKenzie? Like, who do you think out of that group it affects the most and maybe uh, allows them to get on the field a little more? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm not sure. I think um, I think it's probably going to be Shane Witter, um, but but maybe it's it's one of the uh, the guys like a, a a Canick. I'm not exactly sure how that breakdown works necessarily. Um, I think Deshaun White has found a home at the Sandbacker spot, and he'll probably be more of a a backup now to the Mike and the Will spot, the inside, true inside spots. Um, but I, I I think Witter has kind of locked himself in as as one of those inside guys, a rotational backup guy uh, on the two deep, maybe still fighting for a spot now. Um, he stepped in whenever Stutzman was out from the scrimmage. Shane Witter stepped in and got quite a bit of time at that Will backer spot. So, um I think it's probably Shane Witter's got to be the first guy that really comes to mind. Gotcha. Okay. I'm sorry about TD roof, man. Once again, <laughs> yeah. I, I know he was, he was one of your favorites, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what type of impact. He seems like a guy that can still have a significant impact on the football team, despite not being able to go out there on the field and, and contribute, which give me all the guys like that. Right, you yep. need those guys, and I think TD Roof is he he's still going to be helping that in, those inside backers out a whole lot. Okay, one thing you probably know better than anyone, Ted, is that Britt Vittables is let's go with extremely demanding as a coach, but he's also a guy that at times, not all the time, but at times, will give a guy praise when he has earned it. So this week, when you hear him, you know, when he's talking to the media and he singles out Billy Bowman the way that he did, and this is what he said, quote, Billy Bowman may be playing better than anybody on defense if I was to single one person out. And also talked about how, you know, he's very complimentary of Billy Bowman's mindset and his maturity. Yeah. That is, uh, BV just doesn't say stuff like that there i i he's very intentional with the things that he says publicly about players so for him to compliment bowman like that that meant a lot to me and it tells me that billy is he's settling into that safety role man yeah there's no doubt and this just isn't unique to to coach venables it's really all coaches but he hates whenever guys make the same mistake twice guys are going to make mistakes out on the field it's it's going to happen i don't care who you are i don't care if you're a an all pro nfl guy that has 10 years of nfl experience you're still going to make mistakes the frustrating thing is whenever guys make the same mistakes over and over um i i from what i gather and just judging off of what venables has said i feel like Bowman is a guy that is, as he's navigating his way and is, you know, making mistakes, routine things that guys mess up, he's making the corrections, getting it corrected and not making it again, which really shows that you're growing a lot as a player. I mean, it is a constant learning experience. Every time that you're in a meeting room, every time that you're out there on the field, 
you've got to be able to process a bunch of information and take from it the feedback that you're getting from the coach and reapply it in the same practice, in the next practice, may not get the, the same situation for 10 weeks, but whenever it pops up, you have to be able to recall it and go right back to what you learned back in training camp. And my guess is that Billy Bowman, now that he's found that home, is starting to get to that place where he's processing everything, storing it, able to access it, and he's not making a bunch of mistakes, which in the name of the position, safety, right? You are the safety valve. You are the guy that's on the on the back end that is is the the cleanup for everyone else's mistakes, which means you absolutely cannot mess up, right? So even though that when I've been out there, he hasn't stood out as a guy that is making a bunch of plays, that doesn't mean that he's not locked in in the exact place that he's supposed to be making good clean tackles um you know communicating exchanging you know whatever the 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 coverage is with the other safety who's down who's back how we playing this what what you're looking out for telling the backers whenever you're in the box like there's a lot of communication that goes with it so uh from what i've heard he's done really well he's settled in nicely and and that's good you got to have good safety play man yeah, and he's he's added the weight, he's added the strength, right? It just looks bigger when you see him out there in the jersey. And one of the things that I kind of thought about because BB said that, and I said I was like, man, that's really interesting because we keep hearing about this battle at corner, right? You've got all these different guys playing corner, and the fact that Billy Bowman is showing the level of consistency that he's showing on the practice field and is impressing and, and standing out to Venables the way that he is when he's working with a lot of different corners in the back end. That's even more impressive to me because like you mentioned, man, that communication between all of those guys in the back end of the defense, like that is, it's, it's so important. And if he's been able to operate and communicate at a consistent level when they're, churning through guys at corner that's I mean that's huge and that will only have him more prepared for what he's got to do from a communication standpoint during the season yep there's no doubt the better everyone is together uh the better the overall product gets raised and sometimes and I don't know you can probably relate this to offensive line it may not always be your best individual players. It's the group that communicates together the best and puts one another in the proper spots and, and can play, uh, you know, good complementary football whenever you're back there trying to trying to help one another out. It, it helps raise the the standard for everyone, and it's big time, man. At at backer, it 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 affects you big time whenever you are not. A hundred percent, you have to be able to trust that the safeties are in the right place right. in the run game, in the pass game. If you don't, and you feel like maybe that they were they were late or they didn't get the call, they didn't get the rotation. You're going to start trying to make a play that's not yours instead of being in the in the gap that you're responsible for, and that's how you end up getting gashed. There's got to be a, a high level of trust there. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I think one of the offensive line equivalents, maybe like, or especially at center, is if you're sliding one way, you're sliding. You got a three man slide to one side, the other side's big on big. If you don't trust that backside guard that's big on big, that's man on man, to knock a guy off his track if he's coming to earhole you on a yeah. twist game, it's not a great feeling, Ted. Not yeah. a good feeling at all. Yeah, you just. It's like one of those things, like it's in the back of your mind is something coming. It's hard to commit to anything else, right? If you don't know and trust that the other guy's going to have your back. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. No that Okay. There, there are a few people that tried to make Brent Venables just forgetting to mention Anton Harrison into a big thing. I, I am here to tell you, he just forgot to mention him. That's it. When they, when he was talking about the offensive line, he was talking about the depth, how many guys they feel good. He, he forgot to say Anton Harrison's name. Anton Harrison has been the starting left tackle all spring. He's been the starting left tackle all through training camp. The staff has been very complimentary of how much he has changed, not only as a player, but as a person. Now, does he still have room to grow? There's no doubt about it. But, Ted, sometimes you forget to mention a guy's name, and sometimes people freak out as a result of that. Yeah, I understand the freak out. Because you just don't know. Does that mean that there's an injury? Does that mean that he's not playing well? Does that mean that he has an eligibility issue? You never know what that could mean because it's hard to be in on all the information. So I can understand the the level of anxiety out there. It's good to know that it's confirmed that Anton Harrison is still a tackle that they feel good about. They Yeah, they, they feel very good. <laughs> about Which, his think about that we got five offensive tackles that they feel good about i don't know when's the last time that that's happened and obviously they don't feel the same about a guy like harrison as they do as maybe one of the the true freshman tackles but you know there's levels to this thing but the fact that they've they've got that many guys that they feel comfortable like if they had to throw them out there that's pretty impressive yeah, but uh, unless something that the coaching staff was not aware of happened, Anton Harrison uh, still slated to be your starting left tackle when when this thing kicks off in a couple weeks. Yeah, so you're telling me he's not going to walk into the locker room today and his locker's cleaned out? I mean, that's... I, that would be news to me. <laughs> so let, let's hope not because that guy's got a lot of talent. And if he can put it all together this year, whoo. Watch out. He, okay. He probably saw that clip and was like, hey, come on, man. 
I've had a good camp so far. Come on, coach. I, I bet BV was like, maybe if you were better, I wouldn't forget you. <laughs> hey, that's what happens whenever you lock everyone down and you're out on the island and uh, you're not getting yelled at every single play you get forgot about. There's no problem with that. It's a good thing. If you're if you're an offensive lineman, <laughs> out of sight, out of mind, that's a good thing, normally. So, yeah, I thought – I thought that was funny, but as far as I know, all good on the Anton Harrison front. Uh, one thing that we haven't talked a lot about is special teams, Ted. And, and there's no doubt that this new staff is, I don't know if obsessed is too strong of a word, but they they are putting a very significant emphasis on being good in all phases of teams and when you think about it, though, there are some real question marks. When, when we when we talked about the biggest question marks heading into training camp, we probably didn't want to talk about the kicker battle, which is why we didn't bring it up. But that's a very, I mean, it's a very real thing. When you look at Zach Schmidt and Gavin Marshall, I it, it seems like they feel pretty solid about both of those guys. But the reality of it is... Zach Schmidt, the pride of Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School, let's go. He has kicked one field goal in his college football career. Gavin Marshall doesn't have a field goal attempt. So that is, I mean, yeah, that's, I, I don't know if it's a concern, but certainly a question mark on this football team. That kicker spot, give, give us your breakdown of the kicker battle, Ted. What do you got? I don't have much other than, Everything that I've seen so far from them looks pretty dang good, but it's not a concern of mine until it's a concern, if that makes sense. Like, until a kicker jogs out there and misses an important kick, then it becomes a concern. I just always assume that they're going to make everything until you get to 50. And then once you get to 50, things start to become questionable. Now, I know in college that's a little bit different. It's not nearly as automatic, but I I really don't have – I don't know who's who, but I've seen them both kick in practice and at the scrimmage, and they both looked looked pretty sharp, had plenty of, pretty of pop off of the foot. So I don't know. I don't know how you pick a guy. I don't know how you go about it. it you know, there's probably – really close in consistency and one guy maybe has a little bit more power than the other, but who knows? Yeah. I, I will say this about both of them. They both look like kickers. <laughs> That's for sure. When you see him, you're like, yep, that guy's a kicker. There's no which, doubt. Which is funny because our punter doesn't look like a punter. There, there are no question marks about the punting situation. Uh, Michael Turk's the guy. He's clearly he's he's coming for that combine record. I believe he already has in the bench press. I feel very good about the punting situation. I the the kicking situation is a mystery, and then the return game, I think, is really interesting. Uh, Turk, I mean, when you talk about just real quick on Turk in the scrimmage, he hit a uh in the air, not like not from where the ball was snapped, but from where it came off his foot. A 70-yard wobbler that hit on the five-yard line and came backwards. Did you just giggle to yourself when you saw it? Yeah, I did. You, Everyone on the whole – all the players on the field were like, damn, Turk. It was, it was pretty impressive. Usually you got to hit like a a screw bit 
to hit kick it that fall far, but it was a wobbler that just hung in the air forever. It was awesome. Yeah. Once again, feeling really good about the punting situation, <laughs> but the return game, I, I think it's interesting, right? Because it seems like just from, you know, talking to guys about what, what, what they're doing practice wise punt returner, you know, given Eric gray looks given Marvin Mims who did a lot of it last season looks Gavin Freeman, the freshman uh, from Heritage Hall is factoring in LV Bunkley Shelton. He he did a little bit of it at Arizona State, but it's not like he was some dynamic punt returner for him. So I, I think punt return is is the best opportunity in special teams, other than you know, other than blocking a punt, you know, blocking a field goal, is the best opportunity to make a game changing play in special teams. I just don't I, I don't know who that guy's gonna be, and I'm not sure they know yet either. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about the punting game in college football is it's a very difficult proposition. It's stupid. They need to change the rule. Number one, everyone shouldn't be able to release downfield until the ball is kicked. Should be an NFL rule. I've talked about this a million times. Not gonna go into any more detail about that. But what happens is it's you it's very rare that you get an opportunity with a good clean chance for a big return it happens but not nearly as much as it used to so the biggest thing about a punt returner this sounds obviously uh very easy and uh like he almost sounds stupid for saying it but it's the guy who catches the ball and here's the thing the lost yardage that you never see in the box score, and, and you see this all the time, a punt returner runs up on a ball, doesn't quite get the read on it, doesn't feel great about it, and backs off last second and lets it hit the ground, and it runs out for 10 or 15 yards. That's lost yardage. If you catch that ball, it's a 15-yard return, right? It doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But you caught the ball, you didn't let it hit and run out. That is the most critical thing. The guy that can get to the ball always and make the catch without letting it hit the ground. We've had way too much of that recently where guys run up, run up on it, gets they're sketched out the last second, they bail on it, it hits and runs out for 15 yards. That's that's your best opportunity, is the guy that always catches the ball in the air and it sounds super easy, but it's way harder than you would think. Yeah, and, and when you think about some of the guys that are looking at it, looking at being the punt returner, it kind of makes you think, hey, maybe a guy like Gavin Freeman's the right guy for it because it can be. And I think he's going to get he's going to get some snaps at receiver, but I mean he's not he's not going to be the playmaker at receiver that Marvin Mims is, or if you compare it to what Eric Gray is going to be for that running back room. So maybe you look at Gavin Freeman and you say, Hey man, this is your job for this football team. You're the punt returner. Own it. Go yep. catch the ball. Yep. Make it yours. The ball never hits the ground. Uh, who cares about the return? We get a chance for a return. Great. But do not let the ball hit the ground. Yeah. Um, that, that is, it's super critical. And yeah, speaking of Gavin Freeman, I mean, here is a true freshman walk-on, preferred walk-on. Uh, he's an absolute stud. 
he's going to contribute to this football team, whether it's the kicking game, special teams, or, you know, some rotational snaps at wide receiver, he's going to contribute. That, think about that. A true freshman walk-on that Brent Venables mentions almost every single time he's on the mic talking about the football team. Yeah, it's impressive, but we'll see how that ends up working out. Won't be surprised if it's Mims, but I don't know. We'll see. As far as kick returner, I think those guys are are in the kind of in the mix for the kick returning role. But it also sounds like Billy Bowman, right? He he's going to get to scratch that itch of having the football in his hand a little bit. Now there aren't as many kick return opportunities, right? As there used to be in college football with how how, how the rules change. But man, I I would not mind seeing Billy Bowman with the ball in his hands a little bit. Give, be giving me flashbacks of the 1,000 touchdowns he scored in that state championship game or whatever it was. Bowman looks like he's like a seven-eighths replica of Saquon Barkley. You know, he's just like a, a mashed down muscle is what he is, and he's super explosive and he's super athletic. That would be awesome to see him back there returning kicks. Um you know, I don't know. The return game is weird. I don't know how much of a of, of a weapon it's going to turn into for us or what our philosophy is going to be on it. Um, I've always said, if you got the best athletes, make those guys come and tackle you. It's hard to go down and tackle someone on kickoff. Use every advantage you can against people. I'm not sure if they're going to do that, but we've got guys that can get it done. And We've got good young talent that they play on special teams. You play more young guys on special teams now than you used to just because of transfer portal and stuff like that. You need guys to feel engaged and on the football team. So hopefully those become a uh, a weapon for us. We'll see. I know this. You're right. Special teams is a big emphasis, and it's one of the differences that you see now over uh, years past. You got the head coach chasing guys down the field on kickoff coverage in practice yelling like it's just a different feeling around special teams than it's been before yeah there's no doubt okay one quick note when it comes to OU recruiting OU up to the sixth ranked recruiting class in the 24-7 sports composite and it has a lot to do with PJ Adabare officially being a five-star composite prospect He's up to 35th overall in the 24-7 sports composite player rankings. What an incredible rise up the recruiting rankings for that young man. My goodness. It goes from a relative unknown to a four-star to a five-star in a matter of five months. And, you know, this is something that we talked about, like whenever these guys get regraded, reprocessed, that he was – potentially going to be a five-star and and there it is and I, I still believe that there's going to be more guys that we have already have committed that end up being quite a bit higher higher ranked than where they are right now what is it we have uh, is it seven or so guys in the top 100 for the 24 7 uh composite 100 top 100 ranked guys something like that can't be Pretty right impressive. ted i was told I was told you cannot assemble an elite roster at OU. That is what I was told. Well, here's the thing. It is it is a great class right now. A, a lot of people in the recruiting world feel really good 
that we're going to get another five-star defensive lineman and maybe a couple more four-star edge guys and maybe three, two or three defensive backs. One of them's a five-star. The other are two high four-stars. So it ain't over yet. There's still a lot of really, really, really good possibilities. And it's crazy that there's that many possibilities on defense. Yeah. it's Once again, it's going to take me a little bit to get used to this, okay? <laughs> Just know. give me an adjustment period. But congrats to P.J. Ottobauer. That's a big deal, man. Being a five-star Huge. prospect's a big deal. That's uh, That's quite the honor that that young man got. Now OU, as of now, two five-star recruits in that 2023 class with, with the quarterback, Jackson Arnold. So we'll see how that class continues to grow and, and, and to improve. And I think both of us feel that, that that thing's only going up from here. All right, let's get to call your shot. We asked you guys the most important thing for OU football this week. Ted, we've got some angry OU fans. Uh, this first one and a lot of the responses here, there's multiple responses. Let's just, this one's from at Tally Oki, who says the statement by OU athletics regarding tailgating. I think a lot of fans are starting to realize that OU's tailgating experience is not sec ready. Uh, this other one comes from sec sooner 34 Oklahoma and their lack of vision for tailgating sec fans will laugh at us. Ted, the the announcement that more private tailgating will will be available there. What is that? The uh, the southeast corner of yeah, the where stadium the, where the bud was. Where the bud was also a little bit uh, a, a small strip along Lindsay, but not the whole thing. It let's just say it was not well received by the vast majority of the fan base. Yeah. Frustrating on a couple of levels. Level one, this was my loser. Okay. Uh okay. The OU tailgating map. Let's save it then. Okay. We'll save it. Okay. But just now people know people are uh you are going to get the pleasure of Ted <laughs> going after OU tailgating new their new policy in winners and losers. So patience, people. Patience. Yeah. It, uh the I'm other with response the people on this one. The other response we got is this comes from Lego Jetta on on Twitter who said the brand new stadium lights were that were installed. Thank God. Have we seen them? Have people seen them in action? They've been turning them on at night. Yeah, I saw someone posted a video of them like strobe lighting them the other night. They look like they're okay. gonna be pretty sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. What what game was it last year whenever we lost one? One of the the northeast corner. Oh my went gosh, out. I forgot about that. That was so yeah. weird. It just like went out. Yeah, very very high schoolish, right? Whenever the big lights go out, it was time. We desperately needed, uh, you know, an updating of the lights. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be cool. And I don't know have they have they done like the color show yet? Because I'm assuming it's going to have the color stuff in there too. The only video I've seen of it, it was just white. But I'm assuming those bad boys have the capability of flipping over to crimson real, real quick. I bet they look awesome. 11 a.m. kickoff, uh, you know, flashing the 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 red LEDs. Let's get it. It's going to be awesome. 
Man, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about the tailgating thing. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, birthday shout-outs. Happy 8th birthday to Aviana Glidewell or Aviana Glidewell. I'm not sure, but happy birthday, Miss Glidewell. Happy 8th birthday to Marley Shipman. Happy 24th birthday to Chase Gaddis. Happy 24th birthday to Matt Mills. Happy 29th birthday to Josh James. Happy 47th birthday to Tom Edwards. Happy 30th birthday to Garrison Lee. Happy 42nd birthday to Brooke Marshall. Happy birthday to Riley West Texas Wayne Pollock. <laughs> Happy 25th anniversary to David and Tiffany Wade. Welcome home to Andrew Lamb from a six-month emergency U.S. Army deployment to Europe. All right, Andrew. Welcome home. Congrats to Scotty Ward and Trinity Davis on their engagement. And happy engagement to Gunner and Olivia. How about that? Dude? We got Brooke Marshall. We got Tom Edwards. We got Josh James. This is the easiest name day we've ever had. Don't jinx it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to set us up for failure next episode. All right, let's let's talk a little AP top 25. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 600 locations in 41 states offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including, yes, my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile to go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Love's Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Love's Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Love's Travel Stops. For a full list of what Love's has to offer, visit loves.com. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma breakdown merchandise. If you want to live your life in buttery, soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com and use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence with a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio. No student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Remember, financial aid is available. All right, National College Football Roundup. Really just want to talk a preseason AP Top 25. And, and I know it doesn't mean everything, Ted, but I, I still believe preseason rankings play a role in college football. They, they do, do. Es especially for some of the maybe the the lesser known power five teams or maybe not even the power five schools like a Cincinnati or someone. You have to start in a pretty good spot to work your way to that position. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So when you look at 
the top 10. You've got Alabama at number one, Ohio State at two, Georgia at three, Clemson at four, Notre Dame checking in at five, Texas A&M at six, Utah at seven, Michigan at eight, Oklahoma coming in at nine, and Baylor coming in at 10. Uh, Some other notables, Oklahoma State at 12, USC at 14, and Texas coming in at 27th. So unranked when it comes to the preseason AP top 25. Also, LSU not ranked, which it's got to be the first time in forever. They haven't been in the preseason poll. But when you just look at that top 10, Ted, first of all, let's start with OU at nine. How are we feeling about that? Because you are one of those guys you like. You you know what the expectations are at OU, clearly. But you do like starting a little lower than higher. So are you comfortable with nine? Are you all good with that? I'm co- I'm comfortable with nine, and I think it's fair. At the end of the season, do I think we'll be number nine? No, I think we will finish higher than number nine. But preseason poll, I think number nine is is totally fair. And quite frankly, whenever you you look and you remember all of the things that people said starting you know whenever Lincoln Riley left and the transfer situation and how it all went down and where we are now right it's almost a shock that the AP put us at number nine I bet there's a lot of people out there that are like wait a minute Oklahoma at number nine how could that be Lincoln Riley's out at USC so I I think all things considered I was kind of shocked that they put us there, but I I think it's fair. I I think it's fair, and I, I think there are several factors, and it's not like it's, you know, we didn't see the same thing in the coaches' poll. We did, right? But there's a lot of excitement. I think there's been a lot of recognition when it comes to the momentum that Venables has created. I think, And I, I especially think people are taking notice. Like we talked with Josh Pate about what they're doing on the recruiting trail. Mm-hmm. I think that's getting a lot of people's attention. I, I really do. And I think that's that's having people look at OU and being like, okay, they're going to be good, aren't they? Yeah, and, and the other factor in this whole thing is, man, the schedule's favorable. I mean, yeah. it is. We, we, we have to be realistic about that. I mean, you look at it, the trip to Lincoln, that's going to be a – that's going to be tougher than people think. Like, yeah, I agree. That place is going to be rocking for that game in, in the non-conference. But then you look at the Big 12 slate, you get Kansas State, Baylor, and Oklahoma State at home. Of course, you get Texas at the Cotton Bowl. So that means the four other teams that a lot of people view as being the teams in the top half of the conference entering the year, you don't have to play a single one of them on the road it it doesn't get much better than that when you look at any anybody else's conference schedule around the country like that's as good as it gets man so there's no doubt so the the schedule is i mean it lines up for ou being undoubtedly a top 10 team when this season's over and i don't know if 
how some of these people vote. I don't know if it's okay. You look at last year a little bit and you're projecting a little bit. I don't know if some people just say, Hey, I'm just going with the projection of how I think the year's going to finish out. I, I don't know how a lot of these AP voters approach it, but when you look how look at how everything is lining up for OU, you know, you got the momentum and you got schedule, man. I totally agree. Totally agree. Momentum schedule. I think, I think there's been maybe a slow realization um, that Oklahoma's roster was not totally decimated by the transfer portal, which was a narrative that was out there. When it, it's, it's just not true. Transfer portal, and I guess you could say guys going to the NFL, but every single team has a ton of guys that – not a ton – Guys that go to the NFL, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, you know, everyone that's in front of us lost several players to the NFL. It's something that you deal with. Um, So I think that after everyone could kind of catch their breath a little bit and maybe take a look at what Oklahoma has and and maybe pay attention a little bit closer to to what people near the program are saying and, and what they think about it, then it's not shocking. Now, I will say this. Uh. I I would be mad if I was Baylor and I quite frankly would be okay if Baylor was number nine in front of Oklahoma, considering they shoved our nose in our own poo last year in Waco to the tune of like 45 rushes for like 280 yards. That was bad. So they've earned that spot in front of us, in my opinion. No, they don't have anyone coming back along the line of scrimmage on that team. <laughs> yeah, they, they have them all, right. all coming back. But it is, yeah, I, I think the, I think the uncertainty around Blake Shapen probably yeah. has a lot to do. It. And then they lost. I mean, they lost their two top backs in Ebner and Abram Smith. They lost Tyquan Thornton, their best wide receiver. There's some question marks for them at the skill position. I think Shapen really elevates the ceiling of that Baylor offense with Jeff Grimes with what he can do when it comes to pushing the ball down the field and some of that extended play action stuff that they can do off that wide zone. But they're going to be good on defense, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're going to have a badass defensive line. So I, I wouldn't have been upset if Baylor was ranked ahead of OU, right? They're defending champs. Maybe they deserve that. But I think it's, it's probably more of an acknowledgement that OU's got got the schedule you want to have. I think the schedule's got a big is really yeah. a big. If you think part those of it. two teams are close, the games in Norman maybe that's that's the edge. But right, I still believe that regardless of what happens in the regular season matchup, we're on a collision course for uh, Jerry's World. Yeah, no, I, I those are the two teams I would pick to play for it right now. There's no doubt. Okay, a fun exercise. So typically there's about two teams in the top 10 that end up unranked at the end of the year. When you look at the top 10, who do you think is most likely to be those two teams? The Texas A&M easily is that's number one. Number two, unranked Michigan. I 
I mean, they got a lot back. I know they lost a few guys, but it, especially edge rushers, right? Aiden Hutchinson, uh, yeah, he was good. Ajabo, yeah, he was good. But you think they could lose that many games where they end up unranked? I've got to pick two. And, I mean, A&M is one. I don't think it's Utah. Uh, I guess you could say maybe Utah loses to Florida and – I just think they're so much stronger than the rest of the Pac-12. Notre Dame, they've got a tough schedule. They've got to play Clemson. They play USC late, which I don't think USC is going to be good, but they play in the last game of the year. USC is going – they're going to play the best version of USC that anyone sees all year. So – and, and you know, who knows what, what they look yeah. like injury-wise. Notre Dame, by them. They, they start the season – at Ohio State. Yeah. Which, yikes. I think they have played BYU also. Got BYU on October 8th. Uh, that game's in South Bend. They've got Clemson. North Carolina. I mean, they've got Clemson. That game's in South Bend. But, yeah, and then USC defensive line. It's, it's not an easy schedule for the Fighting Irish. And I think you and I both agree that Marcus Freeman, he's he's going to be a really successful head coach. But he's also, it's his, his first time doing it also. Yeah. I, that's a tough schedule, but I think they're going to be uh, fairly tight with Ohio State. I think they lose that game, but I think it's going to be tight. I like them. Like they may lose to Clemson, but if you if you lose to Ohio State, Clemson, and throw BYU in there, you're not going to be unranked at the end of the year. Right? But I don't. I don't know. I, who would you take? I I think you got to look at Texas A and M now. I know people don't want to hear it, but that is a really talented football team. Like on the hoof, that squad looks the part, but they were eight and four last year. They still have QB questions heading into the year. Now, very talented once again, but the schedule, man, it's tough. Brutal. SEC West schedule, Florida and South Carolina and the crossover games from the East. They've got a non-com game uh, against Miami. They could easily be eight and four again. Easily. Easily be eight and four. And frankly, if you look at what happened to them last year, they easily could have been way worse than eight and four a year ago with with how it went down. They almost lost to every single person in their division. I think the only team they beat was Auburn. uh, Remember, they beat Bama because Zach Calzada had an out-of-body experience. But that's kind of my point, though, is I, they beat Bama by three in a game that Bama probably wins, you know, nine out of ten times if they play that. So, like, if they don't pull that one off, like, that that season looks way different. And I don't know. I, I think that they're going to be about the same as they were a year ago. And you're right. That stretch, though, that they've got, they're, they got Miami, Arkansas, at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at South Carolina, Ole Miss and Florida, all in a row. That is that that is a really, really tough run. And they yep. lost to one, two, three out of those five teams, and Alabama was was one of the teams that they beat. And Alabama is going to destroy them this year in Tuscaloosa. That's just how it's going to go. I, that's, I mean, that's that's what's going to happen in that game. There's going to be a heavy revenge factor. 
Yeah. Especially with the, the off season that those two squads have had. <laughs> yeah. It, it, as much as Jimbo and Saban want to make it sound like they've made up, uh, we know how, I, I think we know how that thing is going to go in, in Tuscaloosa. One, one thought I have is, you know, when you think about a top 10 team that could end unranked Baylor, I, it, yeah. you and I, I think we have an incredible amount of respect for Dave Aranda um, Jeff Grimes, what they are doing offensively and defensively. But when you when you look at what that team could be, what happens if Blake Shapin just doesn't play well? Right. Yeah. And, and they lose some of these one score games that they won last year. Right. Now I I think they're gonna be really solid at the line of scrimmage, but what if what if Shapin turns it over a lot? And, yeah. and now he's really talented, but that there that possibility exists, right? So once well, if they can't run it as effectively as they did, and they can't put shape in, in really, really manageable and you know fortuitous situations as a passer, I mean, then you could you could see him struggle a little bit. I, I could see that happening. Um yeah. and you know, one of the things about Baylor is even though we really respect what that program has done recently. I, the name, like, that could be a name that drops in the polls quicker than others. Right. You know, I, I, don't know, I don't know that nationally their program and how they operate, how Aranda operates is respected uh, nationally like it is in the Big 12. So, yeah. And, you know, hey, you lose that. That first tough non-conference game against BYU, uh, you're at Iowa State in the fourth game of the year, and I think that Iowa State team is is one that maybe we've we've forgotten about a little too quickly. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Baylor's Baylor's definitely one to think about. And then just just being realistic about things, Dylan Gabriel got hurt. I I think oh you could be that team. Yeah. And, and that's nothing against General Booty, who came out with his own clothing line. That was awesome. Or Davis Bevel. But I just think that we, we've talked about how important he is for the football team. If he goes down early, could be in a really bad spot, right? I, now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Dylan Gabriel is going to stay healthy all season long. He's going to have an extremely productive year. But if he were to go down early, like in one of these non-conference games, that'd be quite the disaster for OU football, in my mind. No doubt. And, you know, that's not a that's not a problem unique to Oklahoma. Right. You know, if you look at a lot of the teams in in the top top 15 or so, if they were to lose their their quarterback, all the things get hairy really, really quickly. So, uh, yeah, but you're definitely right. It, It doesn't take much whenever if the guy at the helm that has the ball in his hands, every single snap offensively goes down. Things can go sideways really quickly. Yeah. Also, Clemson replacing your OC and your DC. Uyungle late was bad last year. Now you're expecting them to be better, but I mean they got so much talent. I can't imagine they fall out of the top 25 entirely. But uh, some questions that we haven't had. Definitely. We haven't had about Clemson in a long, long time. So they, they're certainly an interesting football team as we head into the season. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't get, if they don't, like, I'm willing to 
look past last year that Uyunga Lale had because of how how poor the offensive line was. They got decimated by injury, but it like you look at his stats, he was like a fifty percent completion guy. It's really really bad. I there's no other way to say it. He sucked last year. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds like. The Klubnik kid, a lot of people say he's right on his heels and he may not have a very long leash before they make that change. Yeah, we'll see. A couple unranked teams. Texas, I don't know. It's just funny. That's kind of funny. Uh, Kansas State. shocking, right? Even though I agree with it, it's still shocking. It it was a little shocking. But after the last week, I bet some of those AP voters, you know, with all the injuries – Considering Saban voted him number one in the country uh, last week in the coaches poll, yeah, I Kansas State. When you like you you look at people receiving votes, they're all the way down there at thirty seven. I I think they're a team that they could play the play their way into being a, you know a top twenty team by the end of the year. Uh, Penn State checking in when you look at the votes, checking in at twenty nine. Man, James Franklin's got a lot of talent on that roster. And if Sean Clifford, some people think he could have a Kenny Pickett-ish type jump this season. If they just get him to play decently and stay healthy, because remember, they fell off a cliff when he got hurt last year. I I feel like people are really sleeping on Penn State. They got a talented roster. They do, which, you know, a couple of things from that. People could be sleeping on Penn State with how talented their roster is. The other part of that is, what if they're right? They just re-upped Franklin on a new contract whenever he hasn't really done anything and he's had talented rosters. Like you gotta be you gotta be pretty worried, don't you? If you just re-upped your coach to uh, a huge new contract and your preseason unranked, I, like it's time to start doing something with that roster. Right, yeah, you, you can't be pleased if you're no. the leadership at Penn State. Yeah, well, hey, he's really good at interviewing and getting raises. A- elite. elite, elite. Which, hey, there's something to be said about that. <laughs> there's no doubt. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week. But first, it's time to get back out on the golf course, people. And there's nothing better to drink on the course than the number one seltzer in golf, Clubby Seltzers. Clubby Seltzers is an Oklahoma company that's already winning national awards because their product is delicious. It tastes exactly like a club special, but it's a seltzer. They're not just for golf course either. They're perfect to drink by the pool after mowing the lawn, whatever. If you haven't tried Clubby Seltzers, go grab some. You won't regret it. The variety pack is out. To find a place near you that has Clubbies, visit clubbyseltzers.com. And attention, Business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, 
you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. Are you looking to buy or sell a house in the OKC metro area? If so, use the Ronaldo Cloud Group, Stacia Ronaldo, Maddie Cloud, or with Sage Sotheby's International Realty. They believe in prompt communication, an honest relationship, and luxury service, and that's exactly what they gave Gabe. They sold a house for Gabe. They found a house for Gabe's brother, and they also found a house for Lane Johnson. We can't recommend them enough. You can reach them by calling or texting Stacia at 918-671-6450, or you can contact them on Instagram at at soulbystacia and at soulbymaddie underscore. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? Jimmy Austin Golf Course in Norman, Oklahoma, which is the university course for the OU golf team. They had a big announcement, big press conference uh, this week. The Corn Ferry Tour is coming to Norman, Oklahoma next June. It's going to be awesome. This is a really cool tour. A bunch of superstars come from the Corn Ferry Tour. I believe OU currently has eight guys that are on the Corn Ferry Tour. It's going to be awesome. Compliance Solutions is the main sponsor. Uh, Mark Lambert is is the owner there. Uh, they do a lot of good work here in Oklahoma, but I think this is going to be so awesome. It's huge for the golf course. It's huge for the community. Uh, you know, bringing events like this to Oklahoma is huge. It you know, obviously the big majors are a lot of fun. The Southern Hills still was a spectacular showcase for the state of Oklahoma. You also got to layer it down a little bit. This tour is great to serve some of these guys whenever they're they're in this stage of their career put together a really fun tour for them a fun tour for the for the local community i think it's awesome i also think it's a home run for ryan hibble in the in the golf program to be able to showcase your your home course like that um you know where a bunch of the 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 pros from across the country come in play on your track you're able to host some of your your former players there as they're playing i think it's awesome yeah, and, and for those of you that may not know what the Corn Ferry Tour is, it's it's the step right below the PGA Tour, right? It is, and it what is it? The top twenty five at the end of the Corn Ferry year get their yes. tour cards. Yep. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, is it Schefter? Why am I drawing a blank? He won it. Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, he won the. He's had a killer year, and I think he won it last year or the year before the yeah, Corn Ferry and, Tour. And if I read it correctly, I believe this, is, this isn't this is just like a one-year thing. It's a contract through 2027? I, be, I believe it's a five-year contract. Um, not exactly sure on that, but they want to make this uh, an annual event. They, this, they, they want this to become permanent. And that will be, it'll be, clearly it'll be good for the Norman economy, but also... And you just mentioned Scheffler, right? It's an opportunity to go out there and watch some of these guys that are going to be stars eventually play. And you really never know who it's going to be. Now, you got an idea, mm -hmm. right, of the guys that are playing really well on the Corn Ferry. But 
it is one of those things where it could be your chance to see someone that ends up being like a top 10 player in the world before they become that person. It, it, kind of cool to have that memory if that ends up you know being how it works out and they've put a lot of money into that course and a lot of people haven't played it in a long time if you haven't played jimmy austin in the last i don't know five eight years it is totally different they totally revamped the course it is immaculate and the layout sets up perfectly for an event like this it's going to be awesome uh, I can't wait for it. I think it's really, really cool. My hope, and this is just me being selfish, my hope this that this is the gateway to an annual PGA Tour event in the Norman or Oklahoma City area. That's my yeah. hope. Well, you know, if if the community comes out, if the sponsorships sell, if if it's an event that is prioritized locally, then that could happen. It, it really could. Um, you know, I, I think some of the, the, the bigger cities that host them, sometimes it can maybe get lost in the shuffle of some different things that are going on. I think if, if the Oklahoma city area shows that we could really embrace something like this and turn it into a featured event on everyone's calendar in the community, then you could definitely grow it into something bigger. I'm with you. I, I and I think the the weekend before football season starts be make a lot of sense. That would be crazy. That That'd would be, be awesome. That would be awesome, right? Yep. All right. Who do you have as your? Uh, we already know. Tell us uh, how how mad are you about the OU tailgating thing? The loser of the week, in my opinion, is the University of Oklahoma's tailgating map. Right. Here's the thing, man. Not just in Oklahoma, across the country, every university were fighting a battle to keep fans in the stands. It, and it's a losing battle at most places. It wasn't very long ago where you couldn't sit on your couch in front of an 80 inch big screen TV that are really cheap these days in 4K high def and watch. Any game in the country, anyone, is Northwestern your team? You can sit at home and watch it in HD. Oregon State, all corners of the United States, you can watch every single game in high def in front of your TV with cheap beverages, cheap food, easy access to restrooms. It's the easiest thing in the world. We're fighting that battle. And instead of trying to make everything easier we make it harder more cumbersome less inviting right instead of instead of making everything easier it's harder instead of making everything cheaper and more welcoming it's more expensive that's not how this should go this is the easiest way to pour people into the university on Saturday's game day and have them there to enjoy a big time football game. It makes it harder on the, the people that are around the university supporting campus corner. I mean, some of the, you got to understand campus corner is you have a couple of pockets a year 
where that place does well. It's football season, fall semester, and it's spring semester. You have big stretches during the holidays when no one's in town. You have big stretches during the summer when no one's in town. It's hard for them to make money. And it's already become more difficult with all of the 11 a.m. kicks that we've had. And then you you put on top of it more difficult to, to tailgate. And I know you're saying, well, people that are tailgating aren't at Campus Corner. That's not true. I mean, it's a it's an intermix between between everywhere. A lot of people tailgate hop. They go to different places. They go see friends that have a tailgate set up at this place, and then maybe they'll stop at Campus Corner to meet some other friends at a restaurant or a bar for some some food before the game or after the game. It the whole thing needs to be welcoming, not harder. You do not want people sitting in front of their television at home watching the games. And I know ratings is a thing, and you want your games to be highly rated, but you want people on your campus. That goes into your pocket directly. And, and it's not just about you know the money aspect of it. We want this to be, we've heard Coach Venable say it, we want this to be the best atmosphere in college football. Not the best atmosphere in Oklahoma. Not the best atmosphere in the Big 12 the best football atmosphere in the world is what you want this and you don't do that by restricting access to people you do it by getting more people on campus this has been a frustrating point for a long time there's slowly been chipping away at stuff chipping away chipping away chipping away and oh sure you can have a spot right up front a tailgating spot for 750 bucks and you get a tent and you can set up shop there. You don't want to limit this. $750 to set up a tailgate is non-negotiable for a huge chunk of your fan base. They flat out can't do it. They may have a hard enough time as it is affording tickets and parking and, and some refreshments during the game to go with a family of five you want it easier it all needs to be easier this doesn't seem like a difficult point the money they make from these private whatever they are tailgating is nothing it's nothing in the overall picture it's nothing it's what how many you get five six home games a year and you're going to nickel and dime your fans over tailgating spots. I think it's I think it's I think it's a bad move. And I think a lot of things that that OU does typically really good, really good vision, really good thought into 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 what they're doing and how they're going about it. I do not agree with this one. I don't know if anything else needs to be said <laughs> other than they should change it. Yeah. I, it does not send the message. Like it, the atmosphere, creating the atmosphere on campus and inside the stadium should be the top goal. Yep. Because if you create a wild atmosphere, players are going to want to play there. It's going to be hard for opponents to play there. You're going to win more games. It all works together in my mind privatizing these tailgate spots 
and and I know that it sounds a certain way coming from me, you know, saying it, but just giving the rich people the option of doing these things, like that's not going to create the atmosphere that Brent Venables wants. You don't want to alienate fans. We we need this fan base. There's so much momentum right now, and I feel like this is one thing where you're like, oh, don't do that. We want this fan base to feel all in and like everyone's contributing and like it's a family and all this. And I feel like I don't I don't know if this is in direct opposition of that, but it certainly doesn't feel like the feeling we're going for, man. No. Nope. I would go the complete opposite direction. Where do you want to set up? We'll help you. We're, we have a staff of people that are here to help you set up. They'll help you carry your ice chest. They'll help you set your tent up. They'll help you clean up. Like, that's what you need. Go the other direction. Go the direction to where everyone says, oh, my God, the greatest thing that we have going in this state is tailgating at OU football games. It's the best thing there is. They help you find a spot. There's great spots all over campus. They help you clean up. That's the direction you should be going not limiting access. Yep. I, who, a lot of people are unhappy with it, so we'll see if it gets addressed, but I, yeah. I don't know. I beautifully said, sir, way to go. Very proud of you. All right, let's get to my winner and loser. But first, first fidelity bank is a full service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. And if you're a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing, head to your favorite liquor store, and buy some Balcones products. you got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcony's Pot Still Bourbon. Its big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. Remember in 2012, Balcony's Single Malt won the best-in-glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but yes, the owners are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit balconiesdistilling.com. All right, for my winner of the week, thought about going with Zach Wilson, right? Just had to get the meniscus trimmed. Seems like everything's all good. Now, not ideal, but all things considered with how bad it could be, I and I'm sure the Jets will be smart when it comes to bringing him back slowly, but good news for the Jets and Zach Wilson, Ted. This is good news. This is what we want in the NFL. We want the best players on the field. It, 
in in any sport at any level, we want the best players on the field. Absolutely. Uh, also thought about going with Nebraska wide receiver DeColdis Crawford. Please tell me you saw his ad. Uh, excellent, excellent. This is this is what NIL is supposed to be. This it, is this is how it's supposed to unfold. Yeah, if you have not seen his commercial for SOS Heating and Cooling there in Nebraska, check it out. It's got 6 million views last time I checked on Twitter. Uh, unfortunately, mm. sounds like Dakotas may be out for the year with a knee injury, which is a bummer, but still, hey, making that NIL money, good for him. Well, hey, yeah, that's the nice benefit of it. Yeah, that is frustrating, and you got to wonder for Nebraska where they're going to get their playmaking ability. Yeah, but my winner of the week, Think what you want about the man, but LeBron James agrees to a two-year, $97.1 million max extension with the Lakers. Uh, the deal can be worth as much as $111 million, depending on how the salary cap rises in the NBA. There's a player option there in 2024-2025. The deal makes him the highest-earning player in the history of the NBA with this deal, he surpasses Kevin Durant. He is now in his career just on the court, $532 million in guaranteed contract earnings. Unreal. That is, uh, that's a lot of money, man. And that didn't like, that doesn't even account in the Nike deal, all the other investments. He's got the production company, all that stuff he's got going off the court, like just 532 mil straight up from basketball contracts. Godly. When I saw that number, I thought he was going to play on the live golf tour or something. <laughs> I, I That's where all those numbers have been coming from lately. But, hey, incredible. Uh, you got to really wonder how effective LeBron's going to be moving forward the last couple of years. He's usually just been able to flip the switch whenever he needs to, regardless of what is around him, and maybe not win a championship, but at least be super, super competitive. We'll see. Big chunk of money. But, hey, he he, like you said, like him or hate him, he's still, if not the biggest, one of the biggest stars in the NBA. He puts yeah. butts in seats. Yeah, and maybe the most important part is he will now be making more money than Russell Westbrook, which <laughs> which is important. All right, for my loser of the week, speaking of live golf, thought about going with Patrick Reed. Do you see this? Yeah. Patrick Reed filed a defamation lawsuit against Brandel Chambly and Golf Channel where he claims Chambly, Golf Channel, the PGA Tour, and Jay Monahan all conspired against him for the last nine years to disparage his good name. Ted, it has a lot to do with him calling him a cheater all the time, which uh, uh, he's a cheater. So I don't know what, I don't know what the big deal is, but he is seeking $750 million in the lawsuit. Do you think part of his contract with uh, live golf was, you guys have to fund my lawsuit against the PGA. My lawyer's fees, all of that. You guys have to pick up the tab for that. Um, I don't think so because <laughs> they probably – did you see that Tiger Woods, it was Tiger Wood apostrophe S in the lawsuit? It wasn't Woods. It was like Tiger Woods' last name was – like his name was Tiger Wood. Huh. 
That's I would assume a really big time lawyer would not make the mistake that a, a big time lawyer would know the best golfer ever's name. Just an assumption. Now it could just be autocorrect, but I, that's yeah. interesting. Maybe you just yeah blame it on the secretary. I guess I don't know. That's funny though. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty funny. But uh, and this is not funny, man. But my loser of the week, Akeem Talib. I mean, this story. I mean, it's tragic. Clearly, right? Youth football coach. Mike Hickman shot and killed at a peewee game in Texas, uh, a game nine and under peewee football game. And uh, Akeem Tlaib's brother, Yakub Tlaib, was the one who shot and killed him and has since turned himself in. But according to TMZ, multiple eyewitnesses claim Akeem Tlaib was the one that like lost it on the refs for a late hit call, uh, just wouldn't stop getting after the refs. The game got called because of it. Brawl broke out afterwards. A lot of people saying to keep to leave was the one who threw the first punch started the whole thing. Um, Akeem's lawyer has come out and said the reports are inaccurate. Of course he has, but man, I mean, not a good situation at all for a guy that had a hell of a career, but also a guy that is kind of a rising star in, in in the analyst space, right? He's supposed to be part of Amazon's Thursday night football coverage this season. It's called games for Fox last year. People enjoyed him a lot. Just yikes, man. It's terrible. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how it gets to this point, which by the way, it wasn't even a game. It was a scrimmage. It was a scrimmage. At least that's, that's what I read. Maybe. No, you're wrong, right. But... I think that's, I think that's right. But think about that. This is a scrimmage. Whether or not your kid wins a scrimmage, they're not going to get a scholarship for it. They're nine years old. It's in, I don't I don't understand how how we get this mix up about oh the the refs are cheating the kids. They're not cheating the kids. Number one, they're out there making pennies on the dollar. So you can have these these events and put this thing on. And the Tlaibs were the one that organized it and hired the refs from what I read. The refs. That's right. Yeah. What's what's the big deal? Who cares? That's part of sports. Part of sports is taking a situation that was maybe out of your control that went against you, learning how to deal with it mentally, putting it behind you, and going and making the plays required to win the football game. That's that's part of being an athlete. And the kids don't care. They don't care. They may act like they care because you are freaking out and losing your mind over a scrimmage. It's just not worth it. It's crazy, man. And I don't know how you how you can go from like to to flip out on the referees is is one thing. But to go into a fight is a completely different and then to shoot a guy what the hell kind of a person can make that leap in a in a little league scrimmage it's crazy yeah. I, I don't even yeah and i i guess from what i read it keeps leave you know, kind of took his brother and removed him didn't wait for the authorities i i don't know man it I don't know if anything comes of this for a keep to leave, but just a tragic situation. And clearly, awesome prayers go out to 
Mike Hickman, his family, and his loved ones. This this should never happen. It's no. not that serious, man. It's youth sports. It should never happen. If you're one of those people out there yelling at kids and getting kicked out of youth sporting events, be less of an asshole. Yep. It ain't that serious, man. So, I mean, the, the fact that a guy lost his life in this situation is just. In front of his kid. Think about that. In front of his kid. In front of his nine-year-old kid. Yeah, and I, I guess the altercation portion of it started because he just went to go get his son's football that had been kind of kicked on to the other side of the field. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know about what started it. And yeah. I don't know who the guilty parties are here. They know who they are. Like They know who were, you know, if you were a, a part of the thing escalating or a part of it de-escalating. I don't know that, but it, it just it can't get to this man it's it's horrible for those kids all the not just the kid to witness it, his dad but all of them there all of those kids can you imagine the impression that has on eight nine-year-old kids to witness that your coach your your friend's dad your opponent's dad like it's it's disgusting yeah lock it's... it lock them all whoever was involved lock them up throw away the key I, I'm I'm a I'm for whatever you can dish out. Yeah, just should never happen. Kind of a that's typically not the tone we're going for, but I thought thought it was important to talk about. All right, episode two forty one in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday morning. Just a reminder: you can hear Teddy from three to six on ninety four seven The Ref. You can hear me from three to five on Sirius XM Big Twelve Radio Channel three seventy five. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Have an awesome weekend. And until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more time